Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Sue Donnellan with Ask Mom Parenting. So, Sue, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing, Tim? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for asking. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with just telling us a little bit about yourself and some of the things you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Things I do for fun, work. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so a little bit about me is that I am a three-time entrepreneur. I created my own business uh, probably a couple of years out of college and have since grown it into several businesses. Uh, I am a mom of four and of the four, three are triplets. So I went from one child to four overnight. Uh, I didn't really fancy myself a mom. Um, Never thought I was going to have kids, wasn't sure I wanted them and then married a guy who wanted them and ended up with four kids. So that that was pretty stressful while running my own business. And then he's in the military. So I supported him on combat deployments and life has been busy. So yeah, um, I, I just re- wrote a book and um, best-selling um, parenting book. And so I've got, I've got a lot of different things happening. I love that. I love that. So do you have any breathing room for hobbies or is it all kind of parenting and working? No, I do. I, I love traveling. I love, I do Pilates, you know, working out. I, yeah, I find my balance. I'm interested in healthy living. So I read a lot about, you know, health and diet and functional medicine and things like that. So um, I'm not sure if I'd call those hobbies, but it's what I have time to do. I like the self-help nonfiction type realm. So every time I read a book, you know, I can always figure out a story. So I'm like, I'd rather learn something than get halfway through a book and predict the ending. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Awesome. I love it. Well, tell us a little bit more about your book and Ask Mom Parenting. Sure. So uh, like I mentioned, I, I wasn't sure that I wanted kids and I found myself in the space of becoming a mom of four pretty quickly and was also running the business and was yelling, overwhelmed, stressed. I had no experience with kids and thought, well, you know, I say it, they do it. I had no idea all the layers and nuances that it took to raise children and to motivate kids and to teach and train children. So as I found myself with like, you know, four kids under four and I was screaming and yelling and nothing was really working, I kind of pivoted into a new, a new area, you know, being an entrepreneur and a business and salesperson. I thought, well, I, I work from home, but I've got to get these kids. I got to get my life under control. This overwhelm is just too much. So, uh, through the years, you know, I've learned quite a bit about how, how to parent. I've learned the mindset for parenting that gets results. And I cultivated that through a, a variety of, you know, early on parenting classes. And then also my own techniques, my own, my own ideas that I created as the kids were being raised. And as I compared our family and our kids to some of what the other parents were doing, and I saw the results they were getting, uh, by the time my, my kids were teenagers, I thought, you know, I really need, and I had been told, put, when's your book coming? When's your book coming? And I've been mentoring families and helping families for, for years. But um, I was really motivated to write this book because I, my, my goal, my soul's purpose 
businesses are great, but my soul's purpose is really with the children and how to raise children and how to create a happy family. Um, and just that, that was really what motivated me to put the book out, you know, getting away from this um, punishment and these old techniques that generation after generation was doing, but weren't getting results and just mending that dynamic of, of how we're raising kids and what our connection and our relationship is with the kids. So. Absolutely. I love that. So when did you really find that your soul's purpose was like helping families raise kids? Because I know you were really entrepreneurial, kind of on your own without kids at first. So when did that switch happen? Um, That switch sort of happened early on when I started experimenting with different techniques that I found to work. So uh, like I said, I had taken a parenting class early on when the kids were were younger, just to kind of get my headspace or just to really just take my ego and give it the dose of cold water that it needed of just going, okay, you think you have it figured out and you're justifying the yelling, which is what all, all of us parents do. We we're stressed and we're tired and we're doing these types of, you know, yelling, punishing, grounding t- timeout techniques that we we've seen our parents do and we think work, but when they don't work, I, I needed to kind of step back and go, what, do, what do I, I can't justify yelling because I've got four kids and my husband to combat in a business. Like that's not a reason enough to be yelling at my kids. So when the kids were probably, you know, around five, six, seven, and some of the techniques and things that I was doing to stop myself from yelling and to switch into different modes of getting my kids motivated to do what I wanted them to do and treating them with respect and independence minded um, parenting. That's when I started realizing whoa, you know, light bulb went on. Kids can be five years old and pack their own lunches. Kids can be six and have their own pop-up hamper and do their own laundry. I don't need to be so needed. Um, so that was kind of like when they were younger and I, and I started seeing the results and I started seeing how empowered my kids felt to be doing some of these things on their own and just what kids are truly capable of doing and feel happy to be contributing. When they're young, you know, they're not full of judgment they're so open to trying new things and to doing new things. And they felt so happy to be part of the family and part of contributing. Uh, So early on, I realized, you know, all these other moms were stressing and my kid doesn't eat his lunch. And I felt empowered by saying, you, your kids can pack their own lunch, just redesign your pantry, redesign, you know, have your expectations. They pick their meat, they make their sandwich, they have their fruit, whatever it is they're doing, put it on their level tell them what you expect, train them, and they pack their own lunch. And I'm not sure I would have been so apt to try those things if I didn't have four kids, right? If I had two, I would have felt like it's my job. I'm doing what I have to do. I'm I'm doing all these things for them that they could be doing for themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. What are some of the common objections you get from parents when it comes to treating kids with independence and empowering them to do their own stuff? That's a great question. I think that's really insightful <laughs> because um, most people scratch their head and look at me like that's not going to work or they confuse these techniques that help empower the child or to create independence. They confuse that with permissive parenting. And that's not at all what I'm a proponent of. Um, very much a leader in the family, very much the creator of the culture of the home, very much in charge and leading. Um, I, one of my favorite sayings is like freedom within boundaries and creating the culture in the home to where I mirror society so that they have a set of expectations and they're held accountable. And that if they don't meet the um, expectation, 
there's a consequence that occurs. So it's a natural consequence. It's something that I structure so that they, um, like as adults, if we don't show up for work, we don't get paid, we get fired. How do we mirror that in the home, which just prevents us from always solving their problems or picking them up when they fall down and going, oh, how'd that work out for you? Oh, what are you going to try next time? You know, these types of things, this type of mentality, this mindset for how we treat the kids um, and, we, you know, just kind of eliminate some of these behavioral challenges that we get from kids, the talking back, the sibling fights, um, kind of just creating a culture of, um, you know, relationship building and trust and respect. So yeah, the pushback I get is how's that going to work? And are and I kowtowing to the child? No, no, we can structure it to where there's a clear set of expectations, just like you would feel like at work, you know, from your boss, you want to know what that boss's expectation is of you, what your timeline is, and you want to be trained. That's what we just do with our kids. And we just, we know that they can do it. We can, they can do their laundry with training. Um, they can do, they can pack their lunches, you know, they can get themselves up on time. You know, does that mean we don't have to step in and help them on occasion? Yeah, we're there to train, but that we can have that expectation that they can do these things even at young ages. And, um, you know, when they're doing those things, they learn from mistakes and it's, um, it sort of eliminates all of this whole, I'm accommodating you and all your needs. And now the child feels resentful, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I noticed earlier, you said that you realized that you didn't have to be so needed. Yeah. <laughs> is that funny. a, is that a common thing you hear with parents of like, they feel like they need to be needed in their kids' lives? Uh, well, that's another really good question. Um, because I may have felt a little bit more that way because I was with, you know, went from one to four. So overwhelmingly, uh, it's, it's not something parents might say in those words, but they'll say it in words such as, I feel so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed. I'm, they put on themselves the, their, what they think they're required to do. They have this, um, parenting perfection model that they think they need to achieve that if they're not showing up to every game and they're not driving to every practice and they're not making the meal every night, like these are things that parents put on themselves and we, can shift our mindset and realize that it's not only detrimental to the child that we keep uh, thinking that we need to be doing everything for them, uh, but it's also wearing us down. We don't need to be so needed. And so that's really the, my term that I put on me that I thought, my God, you know, I'm doing the laundry. I'm, I, you know, whose shirt is this? And again, it, it was amplified because I had four. So if I had two, it might not have felt so, so stressful, but in my personal life, in my situation with the four and my business and my husband gone, I pushed myself to come up with solutions that the average parent might not have come up with, but that helps everybody, right? So once the parent is getting the behavior that they're getting or pushback or arguing uh, and they're overwhelmed and they're stressed and they're just exhausted, then they, they become aware of some of these techniques and some of this mindset shift as to letting go of control and, you know, not being so needed or then you know you might have the parents where I do get these parents that feel like they need to be needed like I I'm a mom and this is what my job is and this is what I need to do but I don't understand why I'm so stressed so it's kind of like a, a disconnect so sometimes I just walk them through asking them questions they come to their own realization that's like you're putting that on yourself you don't need to feel like that you don't need to be doing all of those things 
Yeah, yeah, I love that. It also sounds like with the tech techniques you use, kids get to actually experience like real failure and the consequences of that failure. So are there ever any parents that don't like to see their kids fail? And that's something you bump into. Uh, well, the one thing that mm, I, what I really see is a lack of consistency. So I'll, you know, in theory, we'll have a conversation, we'll do a mentoring session and they'll hear me and they'll understand in theory. Yes, I, I need to let that go. I, okay, I can let the child cry or I can do whatever it is. Um, but then when it comes to practice, there's definitely a huge disconnect between the um, intellectual conversation and the application where they're saying, okay, well, I need to be firm um, when the child negotiates or they whine or they're doing all the techniques that you've already been validating, right? So we subconsciously do these things. We, most of the time, and I talk about in my book in the very, very beginning, it's like, if you want behavior to change from your child, you have to change. Because if you keep responding and validating their behavior, even if it's subconscious, I just help parents realize that some of the things they're saying or doing uh, is validating the behavior they're getting that they want to change. And we just don't realize that. We don't realize that sometimes a small tweak or a little bit of consistency, um, saying it, meaning it, and backing it up, simplifying that whole process. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely something that um, is, is a unique way of, of looking at it. And um, sometimes I do get a little bit of pushback, but <laughs> uh, parents do go back and they, it makes, it makes sense to them. And um, like I said, one of the main things that I see is just lack of consistency um, that, that gets the parents in trouble. They can talk about it. It makes sense. But then in that moment, they allow that moment to overwhelm them. So I try to come up with like mantras and things for them to think about that they don't allow the moment to overtake them. I love that. I love that. I feel like that's honestly a lot of life where you can think about, you know, getting your finances right or think about executing on your dreams or think about whatever mm -hmm. when you're like from a bird's eye view. But then when you're in the moment, that execution hits, hits a little different. But um, it does. We, we tend to do things like one of the early, the first half of the book is really about you as the parent. And I noticed, um, you know, ego and control and guilt. And there's there's a variety of character traits that I talk about in the beginning. And a lot of these things can apply to anything in your life, any relationship, any job, everything. Just this awareness, this willingness to put the mirror on yourself first and say, is that my ego talking or is this really what's in the best interest of my child? So if I'm controlling or I'm doing some of these things that are about uh, just controlling their behavior, I have to ask myself, why? Is it okay to let go? Let them figure it out. Um, it's, it's a different way of thinking. It's very counterintuitive. But uh, when people are coming to me overwhelmed and they're going, I've tried everything, then they're really at a point of readiness to hear what's different? What am I not doing? What have I not thought of? So it's a little bit more of a, an easy sell at that point to go, okay, are you ready for something drastic? You know, are you ready for a whole new way of thinking? And um, typically these ideas work pretty quickly. I can give somebody some ideas that will maybe help them even that day. So oh, awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, let's jump into your dreams and goals for Ask Mom Parenting, your book and your life in general. Tell us about some of your vision for those things. Well, the reason that I wrote the book and put the book out and I even started Ask Mom Parenting, which is the third business that I have, it's completely unrelated to the other sales businesses that I have, 
is really, like I said, it's my soul's purpose. And my vision there is just to, like I said earlier, I'm looking to mend the dynamic between parents and children. I'm seeing a lot of relationships just suffering. Uh, when my kids were teenagers, I saw just this lack, this, this lack of trust between parents and kids. And it results in so much angst and stress and uncertainty and a lack of confidence being developed in their kids. And it makes me sad to see that it takes years for kids to climb out of that um, lack of, you know, the parents not believing in them, their parents not respecting them, parents not believing that they can solve it or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, my vision is to really change the dynamic between how parents are raising children so that children can be making, you know, becoming wise beyond their years and they can be making decisions with a full trust and respect and that they can um, start believing in themselves and trust themselves. I just see a, a lack of self-confidence in children now manifesting in, you know, anxiety and not an ability to make decisions and second guessing and all of that stuff is just fixable just with some new techniques and, and just having this, this belief and this accountability factor built in, baked into the way we raise our kids. So that's really my hope is to touch every parent that is feeling that universal stress that we all feel as parents and knowing there's another way and it's such a great way and your kids benefit greatly. I love that. I love that. And any uh, bucket list items for your life on the personal side? You know, I, I got to tell you, um, I'm living the dream here. Um, <laughs> I married, you know, my college sweetheart. We have um, a marriage that is soul mate happy, but not a lot of people I know as happy as we are. It's super good marriage. Um, and our kids are in college. And um, I think my number one goal for myself, which I feel so happy to have achieved, is that in raising the kids, my goal was to get them um, finding their purpose. What's the, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Where's, you know, connect with yourself and what's your purpose, find your passion. And I feel like, um, we don't, we've succeeded in that all four kids have got very clear ideas of where they're going to make a difference. And actually three of them are in going into a service business of some sort, whether it's the military or, you know, law enforcement or where, whatever, um, that, that to me is, I feel like I've won, uh, because, when I can take the kids that now that are, you know, the triplets 20 and our oldest 23 and look back and see that all of the ideas and all of the things that we did as raising them and all of these techniques and methods that I teach work and to see them all um, just at this age, having their passion and having a purpose in their lives to me, I've, I've won. So as far as bucket list stuff, I'm, I'm so far ahead. I feel feel really happy to have a solid marriage and four amazing kids that are independent and happy and finding their purpose. Uh, I feel like I've done it, you know, I've done it. So um, yeah, now I just want to, to teach and help as many parents as I can so that they can feel, get, get the same results and have that same relationship and that same connection with their own family and their own kids and see that there is an easier way. There is a better way. Awesome. I love it. Thanks. Hey. Take us back, take us back to your very first business post-college. Mm -hmm. What were some of the bumps you've hit on the road as an entrepreneur and how'd you push through some of that adversity? The one thing I, I found um, was that, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you have an idea, you've got this passion, you've got this vision, um, 
you can, you know, in my case, I've got this big picture. You've got this idea of how you think it's going to unfold and you really believe in yourself. And for me, one of the biggest challenges was just butting up against all the naysayers, all the negative people who uh, just lack vision and lack creativity. And I mean, I still see that to this day. And I'm a big believer in just not really listening to the noise and just, just really reinforcing my own self and understanding that it's, it's, I'm connecting with me. I know what's right for me. And I don't really care what anyone else thinks. Um, I've got, that's something that's about me that has always been there. And it's sort of just been um, more amplified as I've gotten older and gotten more confident and um, have run the successful businesses. But early on, you really can't listen to the noise. You've got to block that out. You've got to believe in yourself and no one else is going to give you what it is you need to, to realize your own vision. So if you've got that idea and you've got um, that, that will and you're willing to take that risk, you need to invest in yourself. And every turn, very few people, I mean, I'm making up this stat, but like, you know, four out of five people are gonna tell you why it can't be done, why it's never been done, why it will never be able to be done. Uh, and you may find that one person that's like creative and willing to go, yeah, yeah, we can try that. But you have to keep persevering, you have to keep pushing because no one is gonna have the vision you have for yourself. Um, and so, yeah, keeping the big picture is really, really important. Doing a business plan, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But that, I would say that was probably in the beginning, nobody's as passionate about your idea as you, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so you have to really um, break through all of that and just not listen and not care and have that reinforced confidence in yourself. Because if you don't, why will anyone else have that? I love that. Appreciate that. Thanks. Awesome. Well, if there were one or two people that you can meet right now, or one or two types of people that you can meet right now to really help you, you know, get the book out there and help as many parents as possible, who would they be and how would they do it? Um, wow. Two people. Um, well, what types of people? Okay. Well, one thing I found is that um, I'm a self, I self-published and I'm not in the, um, publishing world. I, you know, just had this idea, wrote the book, um, and self-publishing has been difficult. So it would be great to have a real, uh, a real help, you know, and I don't know who that would be, but if I knew who this person was, I'd be reaching out to them. But <laughs> a type of person is a, a person who, again, you know, just, just the sky is the limit. Somebody totally out of the box thinking very, very creative that helps me get the book in the hands of the parents. I mean, it's, it's been difficult to, um, I'm on Amazon and so forth, but it's been hard to get it out there um, in, a, in a bigger way where a publisher would, would do that. And, and the other thing too, is that I, I use the word uh, fuck in my title and not everybody is, <laughs> some people are becoming purists that, uh, you know, we can't, we can't advertise that word. So um, anyway, I, so I don't know who that person would be, but it would be great to kind of partner with someone else who shares that vision and has that passion that kids can be independent and treated with respect and that connection and relationships and trust is very important. And just somebody to help me amplify that message out, out there. And I don't, I don't know who that would be, but if, if I did, I'd be on the phone. <laughs> so, I love it. So would it be getting your book published with a big name publisher, or would it be more like an influencer who resonates with your message and shares it? 
Um, well, I, the, the book's already been published by me, self-published, so I wouldn't be able to go back to uh, a traditional publisher, I think, at this point. I don't know if that if that's a thing. I have no clue. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, well, and I did have, I don't know if you're a, a fan of comedy, but um, I love comedy and Sebastian Maniscalco, if you know him, um, great comedian. His wife did write my foreword, so uh, her and I connected, and she did get, you know, give me some some uh, visibility on her Instagram and got the book out and it did get some sales and so I did enjoy some notoriety there uh, but yeah you know another influencer somebody else who is in the in the parent realm or somebody else who you know like, a Ke like Kelly Clarkson or like somebody you know like that that has a has a, a microphone in front of them that's really struggling that's gone out there and said you know this parenting gig is hard I need help well, who's got some ideas um, it would be nice to be able to have um, you know, just that microphone for, for a minute, just to share some of these ideas. I love that. I love that. Kelly Clarkson. I'm sure somebody, somebody listening to this podcast knows Kelly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody, somebody like that. Yeah. That'd be, fun. That'd be fun. Awesome. Well, what's the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you further your vision for your book and your business? I think that if the, what other people could do is they, if they're a parent and they're struggling and they are looking for some new ideas, you know, certainly get the book, but share it. Um, if you've got a book club, if you've, if you know, um, it's, it's, the book is funny, it's relatable, it's very real. There's tons of actionable um, tricks and tips and ideas in there. Uh, it, so, you know, I think it'd be great for you know, baby showers and it'd be great for any kind of book club. It's fun to, to talk about. It's, it's funny. Uh, so that would be a really great way to get it, to get the message out there is to just, you know, word of mouth, one parent to the other um, benefiting. And then, like I said, book clubs would be great because then each week they'd be able to talk about some of the new ideas and how they implemented them and how it worked in their home. So that would be helpful. I love it. Awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. Mm -hmm. So our first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Um, the book, uh, this is kind of an odd one, but again, I like the self-help realm. When I got out of college, you know, I'm a, I'm a, fan, a fan of uh, Napoleon Hill and, you know, Think and Grow Rich and so, but he, there was a book out called um, The Laws of Success. It's about a thousand pages. <laughs> uh, and I read that when I got out of college and um, recently kind of rediscovered it through one of my kids and I was flipping through it and was like, wow, I, I'm a big proponent of leadership. And uh we just were lacking leadership in this in this country in this world you know, at every level at every level and his parents were leaders and we really are role models and we need to model that every day um and when i went back and i reconnected with that book through again one of my kids i ended up getting a copy for him i was reading through i was like wow this book really you know here i was thinking that it was like i had these natural abilities <laughs> And I went back and I reconnected. I was like, you know, I really learned a lot of this stuff from the book, uh, Laws of Success. It's literally everything you can think of in terms of, you know, your personality and strength and determination and um, spirituality and just discipline and all of the things that you need to shore yourself up. And I thought, 
no wonder I was able to go on and, and build three businesses and run a family of six and do this so well. Like I, I had a foundation of that really great book. I probably one of my favorites. So. I love that. I have read Think and Grow Rich, but not the laws of success. Oh, I, I highly recommend it. Again, it's the thousand pages, but the thing I like about it is that it's so much more in-depth and well-rounded. Think and Grow Rich is awesome, but it's, um, I, I, again, I, I was kind of blown away having reconnected all these years later after having successfully, you know, built my life, looking back going, wow, you know, this was good information. So I recommend it. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. What's one way you like to take care of yourself? Oh, a multitude of ways. I'm huge about one. Uh, another book that I read that I do is um, the um, it's the Tibetan. It is ancient Tibetan rites. It's um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's um, kind of like, you know, growing aging backwards type of a thing. But it's I'll, I'll think of it in a second. But it's um, you do these five Tibetan exercises and it's just a series of things that you do and you do like 11 a series of the exercise you know turning and then stretching and it gets every part of your body and it's a detox type of a thing so in the morning I do that and I'm huge into functional medicine and preventative care so uh anything that has to do with um you know vitamins and eating right and drinking a ton of water and exercise I'm a big proponent of accountability to yourself and we starts with us and like I said, that's what I modeled for my kids. When they were younger, they got mad at me because, you know, my mom buys organic, you know, Cheerios or what they laugh. But now it's really funny to hear them talking to their friends in college. Well, you got to take your vitamins. That's why you're sick. You know, so they, it, it definitely sinks in eventually. Uh, but I do many, many things to take care of myself and uh, for my mental health, just in terms of like meditation and just supplements, eating right. It's, it's a multi-pronged effort to keep a 55 year old woman going. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. What is, what would you say to that person that's really struggling with that uh, commitment and accountability to themselves and how have you cultivated that in your life? Uh, well, I just, you know, I, I have a way that I think, um, and this is kind of what I teach to in, in, in the book and in, in my mentoring is that I've got a, a very big picture, which is awesome, but then I've got this dynamic decision process that I go on that is, um, it's an ability to be in the moment and make decisions. So if I'm finding myself in the weeds and I'm struggling, I will run any struggle or challenge through the big picture filter. So I'll take that moment and I'll go, um, if this, then that, you know, if then, it, it, you know, a 360 degree way of looking at any type of challenge, um, all the different scenarios, how would it play out? I run it through this big picture filter, uh, whether it's a week, a month, a year. And in fact, I created this um, decision-making chapter in the book about how to teach kids to make decisions. And it's like a wisdom continuum where I plot a little line on the law, on the, on the a dot on the line. And I teach the kids to think outside that fishbowl where kids just think they're in that moment and that it's never going to change. And I'm always going to feel this way. I'm always going to think this way. And it's just about broadening your, your thoughts. And if we allow ourselves to get in the weeds and we find ourselves getting a lot more challenged. And I like this process, the dynamic process of zooming in and zooming out and having that ability. So 
you can't be all zoomed out. You can't be all zoomed in. It's a, it's an, it's a, um, an energetic exchange in our brain that I teach people to do, to actively intentionally think that when you're feeling overwhelmed, stop and say, is this even important? Is this even needed? Is this, you know, I have a series of questions that I, that I give to, to uh, clients that run it through these filters and big picture, you know, um, so zoom in, zoom out, like I said, short-term, long-term, and how does this all play out? And maybe just plot it on a line, um, look at it from a different perspective, but big picture has always saved me. And that's really kept me from being super stressed and super, when, when challenges come upon, I'm able to, I guess, find a place for it or let it go because it puts things in perspective. It's an, it's an instant perspective um, process for me. So Awesome. I love that. I've never heard that before. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. I, I, you know, when you write a book or you, you have visions, you create a business, whatever it is, you really want to deep dive yourself and go, okay, I've got a gift of some sort that I see that I can doing differently than someone else. And I have to really sit with myself and say, what is that that makes me different? And how can I share that? How do I, it takes some time to extrapolate it and put it in soundbite information for someone else to sort of understand that's what we're all here doing. That's what you're probably doing on your podcast. You know, we all have gifts. We all have things that we're good at. And we're, our intent is really to go and share that with everyone else so they can get a little piece of what we have and we can get a little piece of what they have. Um, but yeah, for writing that book, I thought, well, how was I able to make all these decisions and balance business and kids and raising them and training them? And, and it came down to my ability to make decisions and so, yeah, I try to share that wherever I can. Love it. Love it. And what is one action step that you can take right now to really meet that person you need to meet to get the book's message out there and into the hands of all those parents? It's an action step that I can do. I've done so much <laughs> reaching out. I really have. I'm you know, going on podcasts and reaching out to as many people as I can. Um, I, I don't know what more I can do, honestly. I'm, I'm doing so much, really. I am. I'm going on the podcasts. I'm, I'm sending out emails. I'm doing advertising on Facebook. I'm doing videos. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what more I can do, <laughs> uh, but I'm how open can to you ideas. Get, how can you get Kelly Clarkson to advertise your book with you? Uh, well, I've reached out to her. I went on her website and I reached out. I went on and she said, hey, you know, what ideas do you have to share? What, 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 you know, and I, I filled out the form on her website. So, um, but I think, you know, maybe I just, I just, you, you gotta get on the radar a little bit more. So I'm, that's okay. I'm patient. I'm getting it out there. It's the book has only been launched in January and I'm a self-published person. So they don't know me right now, but they'll get to know me. It'll, oh, it'll yeah. be, it'll get out there. <laughs> so it's just, and that's the thing too, is it's part of what your podcast is talking about is that belief in yourself, right? So it's, it's, you know, maintaining some humility and knowing, you know, I, I, I'm, I've just got to work harder and smarter and just knowing that I feel confident in my message because I know that what I'm teaching works and just, continuing on and going, okay, well, and it's part of the salesperson in me that rejection just, I'm impervious to rejection. It's like, okay, you're just not my tribe. You're just not my people. That's okay. I'll find, keep marching till I find the person that goes, ah, and then they've got three friends and then the next person. So it's just, and that's kind of how with starting a business, that's how I was able to run three businesses and just go, 
one foot in front of the next. Each day is a new day. I don't take any of the rejection personally because it's not personal and just keep coming up with more creative ideas. It's just, it's a, it's a mentality, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just curious. Do you have your own podcast about this? No, uh, I've, it's in the back of my mind to create an ask mom, um, podcast. I've got a feature on my website. That's an ask mom, ask me a question and then I'll promote it. Um, on, on my Instagram and my Facebook that people can ask any question and then I'll help answer that. And we can talk about it and create dialogue. And I do think that an ask mom podcast would be really fun because I think it would just, you know, having moms on and talking about topical situations, I think it would be great. So that's on the drawing board at some point, but uh, right now I'm only about what nine months into this business. So um, all in time. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. here's my challenge to you. When you start that podcast, really uh-huh. try to take it daily. Take I, it daily? Take it daily. Whoa. Yep. What you, how often are yours? Once a week? I'm, I'm scaling up to daily right now. So are you? I post once a week and come mid-December to late December, I'll be posting daily. And I have something like 50 episodes right now in my podcast bank. And once uh-huh. I get to 90, I'll start shooting them out daily. And so wow. that's my... Well, so how long have you been doing this and why are you challenging the daily? Like you're finding that that's the success model or... I'm challenging the daily just because so many people have that reaction when you want to go daily. So, so few people do it. Uh And that's where like a lot of that gain, like when you do something consistently daily, you know, anything like working out, eating right, it compounds. Same thing with podcasting. Like it's going to compound at the rate of if you do it weekly, if you do it monthly, it'll compound at a much slower rate. But if you do it daily and say by this time next year, you had 365 episodes that's 365 moms interviewed which you know Mm. every mom has a network of other moms so not only did you reach 365 moms directly personally but you reached like five to ten of them in a network and obviously if you satisfy those moms you know how that you know how the thing works well i love it no i love that attitude and i think that's awesome i think um the funny thing is that when i started my first business second business um those, like I said, those are unrelated to Ask Mom. So those are funding the Ask Mom. I'm a self, I'm, I self-invest. So I started my first business as a sales rep. Then that funded my manufacturing business into the skincare brand that I have. So I self-invested in that. I don't have any outside investors. And then I let, I've been doing that for 10 years. Then when I wrote the book, I'm like, oh, you know, I want to write a book, I wrote the book. And then you launch it, but you don't ever get rich on a book. I mean, you just don't. That's, people don't write books for to get rich. Um I wrote the book, like I said, as a soul's purpose, and I wanted to get the information out there. Then you have to promote because I self-published. So now the other businesses that have been run for 20 years or so are funding this. So I'm still having to run the other businesses to fund it. Um, So at some point, right, something will have to give. And then I will be able to say, okay, my soul's purpose now is all right, I can take a few dollars out and, and just focus more on the on the podcasting full time. So it's all a balance and it's all about give and take. And again, the big picture, right? So somebody might feel overwhelmed by that. Well, now my kids are out of the house. I'm running you know, a total of three businesses and scaling one up from nothing. Um, but how do I not feel overwhelmed by that? Because, you know, 
I do the, the, the zooming in, zooming out idea. I'm like big picture. Yep. Podcast is great, but you know what? That's out here. If I chart that on my line, that's out here because right now I'm still, you know, investing in advertising and getting the book out there and getting reviews and so forth. So um, the good part is that as a self-published author, I did get um, several really great awards from like Writer's Digest and Pencraft. And I felt, you know, in the nonfiction parenting realm. So to be awarded a Mom's Choice Award, I feel like I've got a lot to work with. I know the content is good. I know the book is well-received and good. Just a question of money and time to get it out there and it'll come. That's okay. Yeah. It'll come. But I love your idea. And you know, that's an awesome challenge. And you know what? Six months, eight months from now, when I do decide to put something together, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. And maybe two years from now, I'll be up to my, you know, I don't know. No rush, but I, I like that. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. Of course. Just love to shake things up a bit. And I just know I, I first got the idea from Whitney Sewell. He's an apartment syndicator, actually. I'm also a real estate guy. And uh-huh. He runs a daily podcast and, you know, oh. now he can raise like $10 million in 20 minutes for his real estate deals or something absurd like that. And great. Wow. Great. That that's something that we've looked into, too, um, in terms of just like purchasing some real estate. We bought a house for our kids in college and um, now, you know. What, they're all the triplets live together but when the others graduate and the other one stays behind to get his master's or whatever you know like renting that out and then looking locally in the Boise market right now is so oversold mm-hmm. um that but we are looking at that as well um the real estate market I love looking at houses and buying you know I love the whole concept of that if I could I would you know so that that's also in the back of my mind I have all these different things I love to do so um, that good for you. Have you already started investing in houses or have you, you're just kind of a student of it now? So I've been a student of it for three, four years. So I actually know a decent chunk about it. And what okay. happened was I never got clarity and focus and consistency. So I've been mm-hmm. jumping around from strategy to strategy to strategy. So I haven't closed any deals yet. Haven't done any deals, but know a lot are know a decent, a bit about a lot. And now I'm really focused on apartment syndication, just because with single family real estate, what you'll find when you really start diving in is you work with distressed sellers to really profit on these deals. And when you're working Mm -hmm. with a distressed seller, you know, that's somebody in foreclosure, pre-foreclosure, tax problems, debt problems, death in the family type of thing. Ah. I have a big picture, like you were saying, of working, ending poverty around the world. Like that's, that's what I want to spend the rest of my life working towards and building community to end poverty. And so when I was thinking about how I want to help people and I put that kind of lined it up with working with the stress sellers and kind of picking up their property for 50% of its value, 60% of its value, it just didn't sit right with me morally. Mm-hmm. So I recently made the switch to apartment syndication after getting my realtor's license. But um, so yeah, I'm like in the game, haven't closed any deals yet, but constantly putting out offers um, at my... Well, you know, you're young. And so part of it is like you're you're creating that foundation of information. And therefore, as you're gaining um, more information and getting, you know, understanding things, uh, you'll be ready to strike when you'll, you'll notice the right opportunity to strike because you've taken your time, because you've got three, four years into it. You're not knee-jerk reacting. Um, you're, you're, taking your time and, you know, the right opportunity when it presents itself, you'll be able to recognize that uh, more quickly as time goes on. So, you know, good for you. That's awesome. 
Yeah. And ending poverty, you know, I can see that being consistent with me as well with my book, because one of the things near and dear to my heart is foster, foster children. So when I first realized that foster children was a thing, I don't know how old I was, you know, maybe 20. I don't know when I found out, wait, what? There's children that don't have home. Like, you know, when that first hit me, I, I that left a scar that I, you know, have also looked at getting involved locally and, and, and helping and volunteering and things like that. Um, that for me is, is I would love to help, you know, either foster parents or, you know, you know, struggling parents, maybe, maybe because of the financial burdens or having a difficult time. And they, maybe that added stress is making them not make the right decisions in their parenting. Maybe they're yelling more because they're more stressed or whatever, donating books to those causes, donating to agencies that help, you know, I, that, those are things I would love to do. If you ever run across ideas like that, or you are, have connections where people might want books donated, or I can get involved, please always let me know, you know, think of me for that, because I think that impoverished is sort of synonymous, synonymous with parenting, because, you know, it's, it's people struggling, mm -hmm. and people are struggling to raise their kids, and maybe struggling to, to put food on the table or whatever, but sometimes if you can get their mindset shift, and that's kind of what I work on in the book. It's just empowering that person, that first half of the book, just talking about like deep diving yourself and understanding how you show up, how you show up for yourself, how you show up for your family and your kids. Um, just that awareness is important. Um, so yeah, I think there's some, some similarities there between what we both want to do. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And that's honestly what I love about it. And I know we're running over a bit on time, so I'll that's okay. keep this succinct, but my kind of idea for it is rallying a bunch of people. So you have a very like particular passion and niche that you're like, is it niche or niche? I don't care. Either <laughs> one, either one works for me. <laughs> you, have, you have a niche that you're like working in. And I have that same niche. You know, my podcast is helping people with their dreams and goals. When I picture myself ending poverty, it is building systems to unite people and focus and create focus consistency to like, mm -hmm really make dents. But when I'm thinking about my day to day, it'll be one on one with people, not widespread, if that makes sense. I makes so. oh, oh, you know what? Oh, my gosh. I mean, 100% because I wrote the book. And you know, I've had people pushing me like, well, do Facebook, you know, lives and do Facebook classes. Of course, you know, I guess I could, um, I could reach more people. But I love one on one love one on one where I could zoom or talk and just to help that family. And I know that it doesn't make economic sense because people are like, well, you can be doing that for 50 people and make fit. I don't think like that. I, I love the connection. I love helping just the one family and going here, what's going on in your home and how do we help your dynamic in your home? Right. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, that's, that's fun. I think there's a lot of similarities there. Absolutely. I love it. Well, I will definitely be thinking about you. I think stuff like that comes up. And yeah, please. I would help any, if you think my book can help anybody, um, even if it's donating, I'm happy to do that. So. Love it. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? <laughs> no, I think this has been really fun and it's been really a pleasure meeting you. And I, I feel very happy for you for what you're putting out there and um, the people that you're interviewing. I've heard some of your past podcasts and they're so informative and I think you're doing a great service for, for people. So no, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you.
Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for coming on the show. Guys, thank you for listening. If you liked what Sue had to say and you're curious about her book, make sure to reach out to her. What's the best way to contact you, by the way? AskMomParenting.com and AskMomParenting on Facebook and Instagram. So any of those ways. Awesome. Well, there you go. Make sure to reach out to her there. Buy the book. Also, give the book to five moms that you know that are parenting their kids or maybe their new parents or whatever it may be. Just spread the book's message so we can get kids and parents' relationships on the right track. Sue, thank you for coming on the show. Guys, thank you for listening. As we always ask, send this episode to one or two people you know need to hear it. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Thanks, Tim. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.